This is Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. It's the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers. Merry Christmas, everyone. It's Mike Fleischman here in my beautiful Southside estate. Coming to you all by myself. Matt Mellemsetter has been traveling for Christmas time, and we hope to catch up with him when we talk about the upcoming game, the game that's due to kick off in about 45 minutes right now. It's 11.15 on Sunday morning here in Chicagoland at the moment. So Packers-Lions is about to kick off, but I couldn't let that game kick off without coming in and giving you what is going to have to pass for episode 28 here. And it's going to be a very quick recap with some of my thoughts from the Packers-Jets game that happened last Sunday, one of the longest and most painful Packer games that I've ever seen, that it was still a victory, a just a, a a real mess of a game that the Packers ended up pulling up 44-38 in overtime against the New York Jets. Uh, folks, the New York Jets are really, really, really bad. They showed some spark in this game, and they also showed that they are a very disorganized team. They committed 172 yards penalties in, in 16 penalties. It was a game that as I was texting with Melum Setter kind of during and then after the game, it was a game that the Jets were absolutely determined to lose, and they ended up losing this game despite, for certain stretches, really outplaying Green Bay, but they were absolutely dead set 100% on losing this game at home a couple of days before Christmas. They managed to do that in a late comeback by the Packers that was aided by a bunch of penalties, a bunch of sloppy play. Really just a, a rough game for both of these teams. Jets led the game 21-17 to at halftime, and then they stretched out their lead all the way up to 35-20, to and eventually eventually this would the comeback would spark there, but after a Jets touchdown on a short field on a Green Bay fumble, the, uh, the Jets made it 35-20, Green Bay punted the the ball away after that possession but then it ended up being a field goal that brought Green Bay within 12 points 35 to 23 another touchdown on a 94 yard drive on a Aaron Rodgers touchdown run sneak over the goal line at um, at first and goal is what got them in there 35 to 30 at that point A Jets punt followed that. Another Green Bay touchdown on an 83-yard drive. Another Aaron Rodgers touchdown run, and then a Aaron Rodgers two-point conversion touchdown rush. Uh, but the Jets were able to get a very good return off of a Mason Crosby kickoff. After that score put Green Bay up 38-35. to Jets were able to tie it up at the end of regulation, but then the Packers won the toss and went 75 yards downfield for the touchdown. This was a drive that saw a just a strange, strange sequence of events. Uh, there was a, a touchdown nullified on a penalty on Balaga. There was a penalty on the play before that for pass interference, there was an illegal shift penalty called on Green Bay at the at the Jets' 18-yard line. 
that was actually reversed when it was revealed that there was 12 men on the field for the Jets at the time, creating offsetting penalties, which was just completely bonkers, but that allowed Green Bay to set up a second and one instead of a second and six, and Jamal Williams picked up the first down and let the drive continue, and then after the Aaron Rodgers touchdown run was nullified, it was a Devontae Adams 16-yard touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers that finished out the game. I don't care to recap it. It was just an ugly affair all the way around. There were a couple of great performances in the game. Of course, Aaron Rodgers played fairly well, 37 of 55 for 442 yards, two touchdowns. He was sacked four times. I say fairly well because this was what we've seen of Rodgers this season, although it's just more of it and against a worse team, in that he's throwing off his back foot, he's bailing out, he's holding the ball too long. He is getting a little bit faster as the season goes along, so he was able to rush those four times, or he was able to rush five times for 32 yards in the game along with two touchdowns, so four total touchdowns for Rodgers. But throwing off his back foot, just waiting around, missing throws, particularly missing throws where you need to be able to plant your foot and drive either to throw uh, sharply out to the sidelines or over the middle. He's not doing either of those very well right now, as we've seen all season. And he, of course, insisted that he was going to uh, go in this game. He's going to go in the game that's coming up in about 40 minutes against the Lions. He's one of the few players that we're going to see, recognize, we're going to recognize out on the field for either team, I think, in this game. I want to take a look at, at what New York did in this game that was really... Um, they, the good part is that Sam Darnold is pretty good. Uh, if you want to look at, at mechanically how you want to be throwing the ball when you come in the league, Sam Darnold is going to show you that. I was I was kind of driving myself crazy by watching all the, all the other highlights of the NFL last weekend and watching all the other quarterbacks from, from Drew, Drew Brees to Ben Roethlisberger to Tom Brady to all these guys who played and played well watching them like confidently sit in the pocket, get a few seconds, and step up into a throw over the middle and just hit it as if it was automatic. And I think that's a function. That's something that you see from every quarterback who starts in the league, whether they're good or bad, is their ability to just stand in the pocket for a moment, see a receiver, step up into a throw, and whether it's perfect or not, it's how you want to pass, and that's something that, you know, if we want to talk about what's wrong with the Packers offense right now, there's a lot. But one of the things is, is that the passing game doesn't operate on a one, two, three, throw, catch, down movement that a lot of other offenses are now based around like a rhythm passing game in that it's just not happening right now for whatever reason. And it's one of the things that needs to be addressed as we go into the off season. Uh, another notable thing about New York, the New York Jets play other than Sam Darnold playing well, throwing three touchdowns and uh, no interceptions, 341 yards passing for Darnold's good stuff. Uh, they only had 47 rush yards, did the Jets. Elijah McGuire got the majority of those carries, 35 yards on 14 carries, one touchdown. That's an average of 2.3 yards a rush on 20 rushing attempts. Meanwhile, Green Bay, between Jamal Williams, who got 15 carries, and Aaron Rodgers, who got five, same amount of rushing attempts, about 127 yards. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to still, despite Aaron Rodgers throwing for 442 yards, I'm going to still be critical of the passing game, but say that a lot of the bad things in this game were erased by two factors. One, the Jets suck. And two, the running game 
was able to set up the passing game and create passing lanes and create places for Aaron Rodgers to go with the ball, even though he wasn't throwing bullets, wasn't really accurate in this game. There were a lot of open lanes for him to throw into because Jamal Williams played a really, just an absolutely fantastic game. He was tough. He was hard-nosed. He hit the pockets really well. He picked up some great blitzes. He ended up also catching six passes for 61 yards, so a 150-yard-plus day of total offense for Jamal Williams shows you exactly what he's able to do for a squad. And he was one of the guys who, when we look for things that have gone well on a team that going into this game was 5-8-1, and one, one of the things that really ended up going well this season was Jamal Williams. I think he's played every snap that he's been out on the field. He's played with a ton of effort, played really well. And this was just another example of what he's able to do for you. He's got a great, great attitude. He's a great, great young man, great football player. So it's nice to see him have such a, uh, such a big game when the team is leaning on him with Aaron Jones, along with 17 other Packers currently on injured reserve. Rodgers completed passes to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different receivers in this contest. Devontae Adams had 11 catches to lead the team. EQ St. Brown, who is going to not play in the final game of the season, had five receptions for 94 yards to lead the team in reception yards. But it was a big game. One, two, three, four, five different Packers had over 60 yards in receiving, including Jake Kumaru, who caught a, t- a great 49-yard touchdown pass. One of the better throws we've seen from Rodgers all season. And then also Valdez Scanling had five catches for 75 yards. Seems that EQ St. Brown and Valdez Scantling have both completely outpaced, and Kumaro at this point have completely outpaced Jamon Moore, who we only saw in the context of one lost fumble on, on a special teams play. So uh, maybe a tough, tough rookie season for Jamon Moore, but always a chance for him to get back with it. Uh, defensively, Green Bay's leading tackler was Josh Jones, who had 12 total tackles. Blake Martinez right behind him with seven. Great to see Josh Jones play an entire game and play it well and in rhythm. He was effective. He was a big part. Him and Blake Martinez were a huge part of why the run game was so shut down for the New York Jets. Tony Brown right behind them with six tackles. Um, I guess out of those three guys who ended up being the, the bigger factor in this game against the run, I, you'd only really expect Blake Martinez to be in there. So Josh Jones, someone who was maybe thought of as a, another, a project in his second year, has ended up playing really well to close out the season. Tony Brown, who just came out of nowhere to show up on the Packers, is closing out the season strong. So I'm looking forward to seeing all three of those guys play against the Lions, a team that's just absolutely in shambles at the moment. More on them later. Uh, taking a look just quickly at, at some of the uh, some of the other specialist positions here, we saw uh, Lane Taylor go out in this game. The Packers are completely out of offensive linemen beyond Bakhtiari and Lindsay, both Lindsley, both of whom were, I think Bakhtiari at least was limited in practice this week. So unsure as to who we're going to see on the offensive line this week possibly Justin McRae possibly Alex Light Lucas Patrick definitely is going to be out there um Jason Spriggs is in the concussion protocol so unsure who's going to be on the offensive line I'm hoping that at tight end we continue to see large Robert Tanyan and Lance Kendricks Jimmy Graham is going to be okay but he's playing with a broken hand at the moment so unsure if he's going to be 
featured in this game. Just got news that Devontae Adams is not going to participate in the game against the Lions, so his hunt for a couple of Packers single-season records has ended, which is too bad because he's had an amazing season despite the overall results on the field not being not being great. Uh, Devontae Adams has been one of the bright spots on this team. At um, Also unsure who we're going to get to see on the defensive line, uh, D. Lowry, Tyler Lancaster, Montrevious Adams, Fadal Brown, and James Looney made up the rotation against the Jets. Dean Lowry continues to be a very average player. Tyler Lancaster is making his case that he's also an average defensive lineman. Montrevious Adams might be leaned on just out of uh, necessity, but this is a guy whose career is quickly running out of steam in Green Bay is that he's not able to, uh, even with the line completely decimated, not able to get uh, minutes over Dean Lowry and Tyler Lancaster at the moment. Fackler, Gilbert, and Matthews are going to be the outside linebackers. Most likely, uh, Clay Matthews only played 27 snaps against the Jets. Uh, Kyler Fackerel and Reggie Gilbert are both project players. Um, be interesting to see if Kyler Fackerel continues playing well. He's really making a case for a new contract next season. Uh, Mellum Center and I have definitely talked about. Wouldn't mind seeing him back in that he is uh, he is a league average uh, pass rusher who's really gotten a couple of great sacks this season. Had a, had a pretty great number season, but I would be skeptical if we were to give him any sort of large or multi-year deal out of his play in a season where really he was just the guy who was left who could get to the quarterback and we played some really awful offensive lines this year. Uh, Gilbert, meanwhile, is a guy who is, I hope, back and continues to play well. Uh, Martinez, Morrison, and Burks on the on the inside linebacker position. Uh, Martinez continues to be great. He's going to play all 16 games. Antonio Morrison is... Uh, is still a bit of a project. Taking a look at the safeties, Jones and Tremont Williams were out there for the entire game. Eddie Pleasant got some looks, and then Kentrell Bryce, as uh, for, for where he started in the season, starting at safety alongside HaHa Clinton Dix, he played five snaps. Uh, apparently, nagging ankle injury is something about it, but uh, Kentrell Bryce, for where he was at the start of the season, for him to end up almost completely off the depth chart is is just a testament to. Uh, how differently the Packers are evaluating talent now that Mike McCarthy is out. They, uh, Kentrell Bryce, for whatever reason, was apparently one of those guys very much probably like HaHa Clinton Dix and Whitehead that were thought very highly of and then turned out to be just completely unimportant to the Packers going forward. Brown, Breland, Jackson, and Jair Alexander uh, played played the, the cornerback spot. Alexander might have a nagging injuries nagging injury. Uh, Josh Jackson is a still a project. Bashad Breland, I hope we see back. And boy, Tony Brown is coming on very strong. It, this is a nice situation, very much like the situation last year where Lindsey Pipkins got a chance to play late in the season, really made a name for himself. Tony Brown is getting that same opportunity where uh, unsure if the Packers really think Tony Brown is a piece going forward, if he's a piece that they could move or use in a draft day draft day or otherwise trade situation but uh they're making sure to get a lot of him on film he's performing very well would be interested to see what they do with him in the off season so yeah just to uh just to recap i'm gonna make this short boy the the jets they they played 
They played pretty poorly despite having some great moments on offense and playing against the Green Bay defense um, that was featuring guys like Montrevious Adams, Kyler Fackrell, Fadal Brown, um, Josh uh, you know, Josh Jackson, and Tony Brown as your main main cornerbacks. Yeah, they, they were really able to put up some points and, and numbers, but in the end, Aaron Rodgers, who is... Uh, despite whatever might be wrong with him, is still a pretty darn good quarterback, was able to take this team and lead them to a victory. And, you know, you can hear cynically some talk about, you know, this this is the kind of kind of thing where the Packers would be smarter for draft position and such to shut it down and not bring out their starters. And, you know, I was a little bit salty last week when Matt and I were talking along the idea of, like, this is, is a little bit late for uh, for guys like Rogers to come out and be like, "Well, my vaulted my vaunted leadership is very much needed to uh, needed for this team late in the season." Like we could have used that when you guys were losing at home to the Cardinals. Could have used that in uh, in some other games this season. That road game against the Bears, maybe some better play would have uh, would have done you well there. But it was still nice to see him go out and and pretty much do just that. It's a uh, you know, sometimes you get in a bad situation and you need to get kind of snapped and woken up out of it. I think anyone has the potential to get in that situation. You get, you get into a bad stretch, you get down to the dumps, and then you kind of wake yourself up and find yourself losing by 15 on the road to the New York Jets. And that's a situation where, like, yeah, you can you can wake up and come back from it. And I think that's a bit of what we saw is that um, this season has been one where guys have been in their own heads a little bit and been unable to really bring bring the Packers together as a team. And regardless of whose fault that is, it was nice to see a bit of recovery from that in that uh, the Packers went out and were able to get a road win with, uh, with some guys that were absolutely not expected to be important parts of this team coming into the season. In fact, you know, Matt and I have done it before. Just go down, go down the guys who you thought were going to be important parts of this team early on in the season, especially on defense. And very few of them are playing at the moment. Blake Martinez is is playing well. Of course, Devontae Adams and, and Aaron Jones up until uh, these last two weeks was playing very well. Aaron Rodgers has started, uh, started every game for the team this season. But beyond that, look at who we expected to be on the defensive line. Look at who we expected to be in the secondary. And... It's it's just look at who we expected to be on the offensive line outside of uh, Bakhtiari and Lindsley. Now everything is up in the air. It's been a season where you've had to had to fire the head coach. You've had to patch in a bunch of guys where in spots where you didn't expect. So really, just a season where a lot of unpredictable things happened, and guys found themselves in in situations where sometimes yeah playing with. Uh, Sometimes they did not play with effort. Sometimes they played very bad. There were stretches this season where for 30 minutes at a time, the Packers looked like one of the worst teams in the NFL, if not the absolute worst team in the NFL. And for them to be playing for a chance at a 7-8-1 record against the Lions today at home to end out the season after some of those stretches is really a testament to the fact that uh, you know, we haven't taken a sky-is-falling view of the Packers this year. There are too many young guys, too much talent on this team, and also too many truly great players like like Rodgers and Adams, guys who are absolutely established as as already like top three in their position in the NFL. There's too many great guys like that. And there's too many young guys who are exciting and have a lot of potential for this squad 
next season for this season to be a complete loss, despite the fact that at times this team just looked absolutely, absolutely directionless and lost on the football field. So, wow, just a, a really strange mixed bag. And, of course, Melum Center and I are going to get together when we can uh, next week and talk about the, the Lions game that is going to be Week 17 happening now in just about 25 minutes. And also just about the season in general. We're going to we're gonna let you guys know what we plan on doing for uh, for the playoffs. I would like to keep this podcast going weekly all through the playoffs, and then we will take a little bit of a break getting into the off season and and you know keep it going from there we got we've got decisions to make on on how we how we deal with this podcast going forward where we're all going to be and uh how how it's all going to work but i'd like to keep it weekly through the playoffs of course as uh we're getting ready to come into the new year for 2019 so that's going to do it for our 2018 version of cheeseheads in chicagoland a uh, happy new year to all you i know 2018 has been Maybe not the the best year all around. It's been a decent year for uh, for me personally. It's been a year where I can I can look at this podcast and say it's something I'm really proud of doing, and um, I hope that this podcast was part of what made your 2018 uh, good. If I can be so uh, so arrogant as to assume that it might be, but thank you so much everyone for listening to our humble podcast. Uh, special thanks to Matt Mellumsetter for uh, for coming on board with me and really helping me make this into uh, into something special. I started this thing as a radio show that I did by myself, similar to what you're listening to right now uh, for last year's season, the Brett Hundley experience. And when I wanted to take it into a podcast, I didn't really know what it is I wanted to do or who it is I wanted to do it with. But if you look through my Twitter timeline, I sent out a tweet that was like, hey, he wants to be on my Packers podcast. And Mellum said her like within a minute was like, I do. And that's how that worked out. So uh, big thanks to Matt Mellum Center for uh, for coming on board and helping helping Cheeseheads in Chicagoland become uh, the thing it is today, which is a, a far cry and a, a drastic improvement from where it was just a year ago when I was doing this by myself. Um, so happy new year, everybody. Hope you all had a great holidays. I had a great Christmas. Uh, someone gave me a pair of cornhole socks. So I have a, a pair of socks that feature uh, people playing the game cornhole, which is not a game that I play very frequently, but the socks feature the words cornhole. So fun. So stupid. And so I want to say a big thank you to whoever got me a pair of socks, because now I own more cornhole socks, too, than I have ever played complete games of cornhole, which is about one, maybe one and a half. So uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you for listening to Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. We're going to be back next week with a normal episode. Me and uh, me and Melm Center sitting down to talk about Packers-Lions. And, uh, until then... Enjoy Packers Lions, which is just about to kick off here, and we'll talk to you next week. And uh, until then, hey, stay cheesy, baby. I can say the catchphrase. 